Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This episode was good. Yes, it was. It was a different episode. For a lot of reasons. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It also kind of scared me. So Did it? Yeah, I get really scared by stranger danger. Oh. I don't trust anyone, and now I really don't trust anyone. Well, now you're re- this is not going to help that. This is going to make that a thousand times worse. I'm never going to talk to someone at Starbucks ever again. Yeah, it really does shake your confidence in like what you kind of think you know. Like there's certain, you know, there's certain people that, yeah, I wouldn't talk to. Like, yeah. If a guy looked like Patrick Bateman, I'm not going to talk to him. Right. But this person, oh my gosh. Jason Bateman. Hello there. Yeah. This episode is called The Woman at the Bar. It aired on January 29th, 2021, season 29, episode 26. It's hosted by Dennis, which becomes obvious within the first three seconds when we learn it was a day made for flip-flops. And there you know, that's, uh, of course, it's the Dennis. Yes. Also, it's in Florida. And Florida is generally covered by Dennis because he resides in Florida. In case you all didn't know that. He's the original Florida man. (laughs) except without the meth. So 2018, in Unit 404, it was a crime scene. Fort Myers Beach. Fort Myers Beach. On the Gulf Coast. Have you been there? No, I, before they said Florida, I was like, oh, Texas. Oh, okay. No. So dumb. Some call it a getaway destination. And it was exactly that. Someone came and killed someone and got away. And there's reason number two that you know it's a dentist. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. 59-year-old Pamela Hutchinson, who looks like a prettier Pam Hupp. Can we say that? Yeah, I think we can say that. Also, maybe a kinder, a gentler Pam Hupp. Way less garbage person. Yeah. She was there to help a friend who was scattering her husband's ashes. She lived two hours away. She was buying a new house, and she had invited her friends to come visit her two hours away at her house. But she was going to be down at the beach just for a couple days. And it was going back to her house to meet her friends. She invited her... We meet two cousins. We meet cousin by marriage, Ellen. Mm -hmm. I kept wondering why they kept saying cousin by marriage. Felt like a diss to me. But then we meet, Mm. I think, cousin by blood, with the adorable white pixie haircut. So I think it was a way to differentiate the cousins. Strange, too. I had that reversed. I thought white pixie haircut was cousin by marriage, but no. Okay. A few days before she invited them, she went to Fort Myers. She was staying at a timeshare there. And Dennis is at the timeshare. And the manager of the timeshare is giving him a tour, making him walk up all these flights of stairs. Yeah. That was a lot of stairs for Dennis. I don't know how old Dennis is. He's in great shape, but give the man an elevator. I don't think they had an elevator. It was set up like a, sort of like how a motel is set up, where there's the two floors, except it was condominiums. Pam was only supposed to stay for a couple days, but she called the front desk and said she had met some fun people and she was going to stay the weekend. So she gave them her credit card, charged my room for a couple more nights. But this was the weekend her cousin by marriage showed up at her house and no one was there. The house was all dark and she wasn't responding to her texts or calls. So on Monday, the manager of the timeshare is inspecting all the units looking for a plumbing leak. She lets herself into 404. Can I just say, I was shocked by how big this timeshare was. Uh, 
Yeah, it was lovely. Huge. So spacious. Two bedroom, yeah. Huge. There's a horrible smell, unfortunately. Oh, no. She can't push open the bathroom door because there's towels shoved under it. She got me a little confused. So how did the person get out? Ever wonder about that? Oh, man. No, now we're going to... Okay, we're right back with uh, Sandra Melgar. It's a little bit like Sandra Melgar, except... Oh, my goodness, with the... Well, I'm just saying there's a body in the bathroom with towels shoved under the door on the other side. So this is someone... I mean, on the side of the body. This is someone doing the thing where you're pulling underneath the door. So they were doing the thing that they accused Sandra Melgar of doing. This is actually happening here. Yes, correct. Yeah. So they find Pam dead in the bathroom. She was shot in the heart. And I'm not going to sing that song because it would be inappropriate. That was sort of shocking to me, the shooting through the heart, I had to say. And I feel like it's not kind because shooting through the heart means you're not dying instantly, right? Yeah, that's true. No, probably takes a little bit of time. And I felt horrible for the family. I was like, oh. Also, that's kind of impressive aim. I don't know if they even meant to shoot in the heart or if they just shot in the torso area. Wouldn't you have to be a pretty good shot? You know what? Yeah, we don't get a lot of details. Like, we don't get a lot of forensic details about how close up the the shooter was and things like that. Jacqueline Beavis, local reporter, sits down with Dennis over Zoom, perhaps. Couldn't tell. This is the new game. Instead of trying to figure out, are they in prison? It's, is it Zoom? Because sometimes it's hard to tell. This particular episode had more interviews than I than we normally have. I was shocked at the amount of interviews, especially towards the end that we're getting with like this person, then this person, then this person. Like everybody wanted to talk. So my thought is unless Dennis is with the person, they're all on Zoom, except for maybe the two cousins. There was one where it looked like green screen, but then... There was one part where you saw the back of Dennis's head. The shot was over the back of Dennis's head. Later? A later interview? With somebody. Yeah, maybe a later one. Tell me when we get to it. Okay, I'm curious about this. But it was just a fun game I was playing by myself. I didn't think it would be visually fun for the podcast. Apologies. Next time, we'll play. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Kind of hard to tell sometimes. They do a good job with it. And I'm wondering if now also they're thinking, hey, we don't have to fly our reporter every single play. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. they're thinking about doing this more because it looks pretty good. But then you don't get any walk and talks, though. Sorry, a camera crew's there. This isn't like a recorded computer call. Sorry. Yeah, I'm whatever. Yeah, remotely. Remotely. Which ones are done remotely without Dennis actually being with the person? But I do enjoy a walk and talk. Mm hmm. The police think that Pam has been dead for several days with a pillow used as a silencer. But what's weirder are these stuffed kissing monkeys on the bed. They really creep me out. I've seen, I know those monkeys. Several people on the internet on Twitter said they had those monkeys growing up. I had monkeys that hugged. They had arms that went around each other and they were standing like this and they were, they went like this. And I'm having some weird guilt feelings because I don't remember their names and I feel really weird about it. Yeah, you should. Because I used to know all of their names and now I don't anymore, so. You feel guilty because you feel like you've let down the monkeys. I think that people on this podcast are going to understand if they had like those kind of relationships with their stuffed animals where they were also their friends. Mm Mm-hmm. And so. I see. 
Forgetting their names is not great for me. Right. It's a faux pas. It's embarrassing. I more mean that I'm old and that I'm starting to forget things like that, that I thought I would never forget. That was a peek into Katie's soul, guys. Yeah, but I did have hugging monkeys and I've seen the kissing. It was dark and scary. I think some of them are magnets. Yeah. But it's a sweet present if like it's two people, like best friend hearts. One person has one, one person has the other. And then when you bring them together. Yeah, I still did not enjoy them. It's still Why? They scared me a little. Why are you fearful of stuffed animal monkeys that are being affectionate? I don't know. Well, it was very off-putting in this scenario, obviously, because there's a murder and then there's this thing on the bed that I thought they were going to drop it. I got very nervous that we were going to have this topic dropped and we were never going to find out what they meant. The mystery of the kissing monkeys. Yeah, we do find out for people that are already worried about it. So stay tuned, folks. In case you were bored already, keep listening. That was a cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah. So Pam's cousin is shocked to hear that Pam is dead. And then Dennis's voiceover interjects, not just dead, murdered. Like he's correcting the cousin with his voiceover. I thought it was funny. Then we meet Carmine Marcino, the sheriff, with a bunch of fancy stars on his shoulders and pins on his lapels. He has all the flair. Mm-hmm. He's flared up. And Dennis is talking about that beach being filled with party on vibes. Mm-hmm. Dennis also interrupts the sheriff every, like, fourth word. Oh, The sheriff is trying to get some words out, and Dennis is doing that thing where he goes, is it this? <laughs> what is it this? Is it this? And it's kind of wonderful. I really, I enjoy it because Dennis is kind of the only person that can get away with it. It doesn't seem rude. It seems like Dennis is very, He's very interested. eager. He's just eager, yeah. Yeah. Or he learned in journalism that if you're not even eager, you have to ask a lot of questions. Because it seems like you're engaged in the conversation. But it seems genuine for him. I think it's genuine for Dennis, yeah. That's a trick I use when you're talking about makeup. So... Oh, you don't do that at all. So it's not working. Okay. Because I can tell pretty easily that you just tuned out. So Dennis is talking about party on vibes Uh and how this town is a booze and a blender. Oh, boy. There we go. And then we're talking to the cousin Taris. Taris? Taris? That's her... That's the real cousin. Cousin by blood. Cousin by marriage, Ellen. Pixie hair? Pixie hair, yeah. I did not get her name. I only got Ellen. I kind of thought it was Ellen and Helen, so I was... No, it's Terrace. Not good. Excuse me. Terrace is a very cute name. It is. She's just a cute gal. Pam loved being by the water. She loved her family. She was married to a man in her 30s. She never had any biological children, but had lots of children that loved her and that she loved. In... Mm -hmm. 2013, she divorced her husband and it was nasty. And it was for at least three years. Dennis. And I'm saying Dennis because cousin by marriage, Ellen, calls Dennis Dennis quite a few times in this episode. And he also calls her Ellen because she's doing it to him. And then he goes, tell me about this, Ellen. He does it right back to her. So do you think it's something he, I feel like it's something he normally does, but maybe it's amped up. Is it sort of a reflex when someone blinks a lot and then you blink a lot back or something? Yeah, it's like the the bank teller at the bank has a higher pitched voice than me. And so all of a sudden I'm talking like this <laughs> because I'm like trying to mimic, I'm trying to match her for yeah. some reason. Okay, but 
Remember when we used to go to bank tellers? Remember going inside a bank? I forgot about that, but yes. That used to happen. Yeah. Like back in 2018. So anyways, I think what's happening here is Ellen is an avid Dateline fan. Ellen knows exactly who Dennis Murphy is. And like what happens in, I don't want to say parasocial relationships, but kind of where you feel like you know someone, even though you don't know them. And so she, the way she's talking so familiar to Dennis makes me think she's watched a lot of Dateline. And surprisingly, it didn't bother me at all the way it normally does. Because she likes him. Because he, she's not doing it in a way that's like, let me tell you something, Dennis. No, she's doing it in a way that's very familiar. So it makes you think they're friends. And you know, Dennis wrote her a handwritten note afterwards. You know, he did and maybe sent her a box of C's. Absolutely. Okay. We didn't get any C's from Dennis. Just a note. But still, we're very grateful. Oh, I'm so grateful. I would have, oh, so grateful, forever grateful. But I loved it. I loved the name calling. And is it on the new bingo cards? It's on the bingo cards. But usually it's in a negative way. But this was in a positive way. I mean, I didn't specify on the cards and we don't like it. It just says Frowdy interviewing calls a stinker. It's a big pile of poop with steam coming up. Boo. <laughs> Boo. No, we were fine with this. So yeah. Pam moved to Florida's Gulf Coast and got her groove back. Her ex had an alibi because police right away think it's him. It wasn't him. Her credit cards and ID are gone. And apparently she had let the person in. So they go to the security footage. Shows Pam walking around with a woman kind of similar stature to Pam with light colored hair. And they're acting like BFFs, like gal pals. They are going to share each other's Kohl's cash. They are going to Marshall's together. They are having a ball. The guest room at the timeshare looks like someone had been using that bathroom which was also when I was like, this is a large timeshare. Also, how close are they? Who is this woman? Right. So police find an abandoned car nearby. And when they run the plates, it belongs to a Lois Reese, who looks like the woman on the security footage. She's from Minnesota. So now we rewind three weeks to 40 degrees colder weather in Blooming Prairie, Minnesota. Lois played in a pool league, loved gambling. She sometimes has brown hair, sometimes white blonde hair. She's Katie. But it's it's snow white. Sorry, it's gray. It's hard to tell on the security camera. It did look natural to me. It didn't look like, I mean, it was pretty. I liked it. Sorry, I didn't see like a gray root or a brown root coming through. It looks like her whole hair is. Yeah, it just went white. Yeah. And the thing with white hair is if you're dying it, Platinum blonde, you're making it about a week and a half before you have the little ants come up through the bottom. Then it looks like you just have bugs all over your head. And spoiler alert, she goes more than a week and a half in this episode. Oh, yes, definitely. So we would have seen it. Although she wears a hat a lot of the time. She's very fond of hats. So she had three kids and five grandkids. She ran a daycare out of her home. Is she Andrew's mom? From 90 Day Fiance. Is this a crossover episode? Let's just get real. So she ran a daycare out of her home? Yeah. Well, then where are the chi- where are the children? Did she still do that or did she used to do that? Unsure. I mean, I pray to God she was not doing that in those last moments in Minnesota because she doesn't seem fit for that at all. 
Yeah. It makes me very nervous. But she was doing it when she had to make that mermaid outfit. And then we hear all about how she made the mermaid outfit with her friend. And then they show pictures of her in the mermaid outfit, which some people on Twitter thought it was a little too va-va-va-voom to be around children. But whatever. It didn't seem that va-va-voomy. But it was strapless, which makes me a little nervous. For Mer- us bosomy gals, strapless is, could be a disaster waiting to happen. I think she was okay. I thought it was totally fine. I thought it was endearing that she at least tried to make it and had her friend come over and glue a bunch of rhinestones to it. I was like, oh, she tried for some kid. That's good. That's the end of the good, but it's still something. But let's cling to it. Yeah. Her husband, Dave, for fun, for fun. Why did I write for fun? Her husband, Dave, was fun, probably. There we go. And was a worm wrangler. There we go. He did that for work and not for fun. He made a very good living being a worm wrangler. Oh, this is just so good. It's just so good. So this moment may go down in history. Like the dead dog on the side of the road. Just one of those memorable moments. This was intense. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to explain? Basically, who we're meeting is... The husband, Dave's friend, Tom. Yeah. And Tom also works in the worm business. Yeah. And so Dennis has a charming story, of which (laughs) I did not write down the details, about him and his brother down by the creek. It's not. (laughs) It wasn't down by the creek, but it was something like that. Yeah. You know, digging up the earth and pulling out the worms to go fishing. Yeah. And so he he looks at Tom and he goes, something like that? (laughs) And Tom, without skipping a beat, deadpan, doesn't even crack a smile, which is inexcusable, looks at Dennis and says, he's like not amused at all. He says, no, what you're talking about there is earthworms. Those are different kind of worms. He goes, we work with blurgity blurgity worms. Wax worms. Totally different situation, Mr. Murphy. Except he didn't say Mr. Murphy, but it was implied. Dennis, if, listen, Tom, if Dennis is telling you a charming story about Denny, Denny and his brother, you let him tell it. I have a cousin, Denny, and you have the courtesy to chuckle and go, huh, no, but what you're talking about there is earthworms with a smile on your face and then explain about your wax worms. I'm hoping that was a bad edit. Here's what I think is happening. I think Tom has been hearing about this his whole life. I see. Okay. At parties, when people say he's in the worm business, yeah, every dad at the barbecue, including my dad, would say, I could go and dig you up some right there for free. And then Tom says, it's actually a different kind of worm. They're very good for fishing. They're highly sought after in our industry. I make a very good living. I have three employees underneath me. He's heard it his whole life. And... No one respects his career choice. His dad doesn't respect his career choice. And so in his head, when Dennis was telling him this story, he was saying, it's a real career, dad. Dennis was substituting for his dad. It could be that. At two, Dennis. At two, you're doing this to me as well as every other person I've met. Also, why don't you just say you're in bait and tackle? Worm wrangling is the official term. I think though. At a party situation, to avoid that joke, you say, I work in bait and tackle. 
Yeah, you know, you're totally right. But how funny would it have been if Dennis had said, I host Dateline, I'm a worm wrangler too, <laughs> except my my worms are killers. I've, I've wrangled a worm or two in my day. Come on, wouldn't that have been funny? I feel like Andrea might have said that. I feel like Josh might have said that. Yeah, I've had a few worms on the hook, except they were all convicts in jail. Oh, I've had a few worms on the hook. Yeah, that's good. Right? And that could have made the whole banter. But instead, we get this awkward moment where someone is disrespecting our precious Dennis right to his face. Yeah. It's upsetting. And causing an uproar in the Twitter community and in Katie in my living room. (gasps) Did Twitter get... I hope Twitter got upset. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad people were in uproar because it was nonsense. Tom, I wish you... I think you probably wish you could have a do-over. And I don't wish that feeling upon anyone. And so I'm sure- I don't think Tom wishes that. I think Tom is just fine with how he says that. He's kicking himself like the dead dog guy? Not a bit. Okay, good. I'm glad. Absolutely not. I was wondering why you thought it was like dead dog. No, he's not upset. He thinks that Dennis was poking fun at him and telling him his warm story too. No, he's irritated. No, absolutely not. He's going home and telling his wife, oh, I got another worm denier a conspiracy theorist about the worms again. I got another, I could dig those up. Got another earthworm comparison. Uh, And she's like, oh, Tom, not again. I made you a chicken pot pie. I hope that helps. He's like, it always does, Doris. Chicken pot pie. I don't know. I had a chicken pot pie recently. It was heaven. I do. I'm sorry. I don't quite understand how you're having chicken pot pie, Natalie. But (laughs) could you explain it to me? Who's Natalie? The vegan that eats fish. So explain to me how you're eating chicken pot pie. It's fake fake chicken pot pie. But it was so good. It's like Marie Callender's has it in the frozen section. And it's fake. It's vegetarian. It's really good. So Tom says that David can't text because he has what we're calling, what Tom is calling, what no one has ever called, but Tom is, small phone, big thumb syndrome. I thought it's funny. It's cute. And then Dennis says, Dave took some ribbing about that. And I was like, about his big thumbs? Is that something men tease each other about? Big thumbs? Big goofy thumbs? Thumbs? Or butter thumbs? Yeah, I think it's more just like... <laughs> it's very... It seems like something guys would rib each other over. But I could I be wrong. I think little thumbs would get you teased. Tiny thumbs. Or toe thumbs, like brachydactyly. You could have that, that Megan Fox thing that she's got with her thumbs. Sorry? Brachydactyly. It's where the, the thumbnails, like they, your thumbs basically look like big toes that are sewn onto your hand because the nails are like really, really short and squat. They look like toes. Is that a real n- name for it? Yeah, it's a real thing. Oh. That is actually a syndrome. It's not toe thumbs like on Seinfeld where George thought Jerry's girlfriend had her... yes toes grafted onto her thumbs. Yes, it is actually a real thing. That is a real thing. And people have it, the toe thumbs. I dated someone with it. But you, they weren't grafted on. They just looked like they were were toes. They look like that, but they look a lot like it where it's shocking. And so what I'm wondering is either A, did he have that? Or was he just like one of those guys that's kind of like old, can't see so good and his phone is too small? Because when was this? It's probably when before the phones were huge. And you're like, well, blah, blah, you know. I don't know. Sometimes my thumbs feel too big. Yeah, and you have tiny thumbs. I do it all the time. I'm doing like question mark, question mark instead of a thing. Oh, oh 
constantly. Dave got sick one day and he stopped coming into work. After two weeks of being sick, Lois calls Tom and says, Dave's still going out of town for this fishing tournament, which I did not know was a thing. I'm just learning Hmm. things left and right. Toes for thumbs and fishing tournaments. It's a real growth experience for me. Tom shows up at the house that morning before he was supposed to have gone to the fishing tournament and the house is dark. So he's getting very suspicious. He has not heard from Dave for now two weeks. So he watches the fishing tournament on the internet because it's live streamed and it shows people bringing their fish up to get weighed or judged. Why are you surprised about this? There's all sorts of stuff in the world. I know. Trust me, I know. Tickled Hmm. on Hulu. Don't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I learned more than I wanted to. So you can't unsee that. I never can unsee it. Uh, So Tom is watching it looking for Dave. Like, where is Dave? He -hmm. doesn't see Dave. He sees Dave's fishing partner, but not Dave. So he is Uh. so concerned that he calls the police. Good move. That gets the ball rolling. They go do a welfare check and they find a body in the bathroom. It's Dave. And he's been there for a minute. For a minute. U.S. Marshal McHotty is briefed on the scene. Dave was shot twice in the torso. Interesting. They can't find Lois. Someone had seen her drive away from the house the day before. Turns out their marriage was in trouble. They were fighting about money. She had asked friends to borrow money, and Dave told them, don't give her any. Lois had a gambling problem. Remember, we said she liked to go to the casino. Hmm. Her nickname at the casino is losing Lois. That's mean. A, it's kind of mean. B, I enjoy the alliteration. C, if you have a nickname at a casino, it might be a sign that there's a problem. Kind of like when the Chinese food place started to know me by name and I realized I have a problem. No, I have been known at every 7-Eleven I've ever lived near. Absolutely not. I think that's fine to patronage businesses, but specifically at a gambling hall. You have a problem. Yes, definitely. But I'm going to try to normalize it. So, okay. <laughs> but at a gambling hall. Yeah. Known as losing. That's bad. That's really I bad. I wouldn't go back. I'd be bummed. I'd be like, I don't want to be the loser. I'd be too embarrassed. But I think that's part of the gambling disease is you think I just need one more try and I can win it all back. There's that delusion that next time will be the right time, you know, but I would personally be so embarrassed so Mm. tom knew about the issues and he thinks lois did it lois had asked to borrow the company van a few weeks before to buy medicine for dave Mm. there was 140 miles on the van when she gave it back instead of 40 i have so many questions how far away is the store that there should have been even 40 miles on the van how remote is this town Well, probably remote. 40 minutes away to go or 20 minutes away to go to a grocery or a drugstore. That seems far. Oh, for some reason in my head, she thought she she was going to pick up medicine. It must be. Well, first of all, the shop must be remote. But besides that, what kind of a shop is that? Uh, For medicine. No, no, no. Sorry. It's a bait store. It's these wax worms, right? Yeah, yeah. So it must be like by... But they're cultivating them. Maybe it's like a farm, like a worm farm. I feel like it wasn't that far, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. 
but then it says there were 140 miles on the van. It turned out Lois had been to a bank that day. So how far away is the bank? That's where I was getting confused because I was kept thinking, I thought she was going to the bank. No, that's where she went and didn't tell them she was going. It's probably a special bank. My, my bank is very far from me now. It's at least 20 miles, at least. Yeah, but this is 140. She probably went to a casino. Why are we even questioning it? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she did a bunch of stuff. Why does he know what the van mileage is? Because he probably has to log it in and out because it's the company van. Ah, okay. She had forged checks from Dave's company and had stolen $11,000. Bad. Mm, Bad news. That's bad. Dave had been last seen alive 12 days before his body was found at their grandson's basketball game where they argued. He was never seen again. Lois had said he was sick. Tom had gotten some weird texts from Dave while he was sick. But Dave didn't text because of his gigantic elephantitis thumbs. These texts had full sentences and punctuation even. Way too much punctuation, like two commas in a row, punctuation, a period and a comma, etc. Mm-hmm. Speaking of communicating, better than texting. Are you upset because you suffer from tiny phone, big thumb syndrome? Yes. BetterHelp is a great place for you. Are, do you? We all do. I think just humans' thumbs are bigger than phones. Yeah, you're right. They've set us up to fail, phone companies. True that. BetterHelp is a great place for you to talk out this issue with a licensed therapist in the privacy of your own home. You can start communicating with a therapist in under 24 hours. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, but you can also send a message to your counselor at any time saying... I'm considering a career change because the Stateline host is making jokes about me being a worm wrangler and it's bringing back issues of my father. It's a real job, Dad. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Counselors specialized in all kinds of issues like depression, anxiety, family and relationship issues, sleeping problems, LGBTQ plus issues, etc. Any of the problems that the people on Dateline have, BetterHelp can help. BetterHelp is easy. It's completely confidential. It's affordable. What are you waiting for? We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash dateline. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash dateline. Because we can all use a little better. Help. Excellent. I feel like I, we had a different outro. I'm forgetting what it is now. Why do you build me up? Better help, baby, just to keep me well. My mental health. And make me feel better, my mental health. I always know, baby, I can count on you. Count on you in all 50 states. <laughs> in all 50 states. Oh, yay! We did it! <laughs> beautiful. Lois apparently had driven to the casino. Surprise, surprise. But see, there we go. Not the day of the bank this day when she's now missing and her husband is dead at the house. Right. She became lucky Lois instead of losing Lois. Sure did. She won money that day. So she now has $25,000 in cash. We see her on camera stopping at a convenience store and asking for directions so they know that she's heading south. 
I'm sorry. She won $25,000 in cash? Well, she already had 11, we think. That she took out from the company. It's unclear exactly how much of that she maybe had not spent by then. But what she was had on her, that's what they say. It was 25 grand. Wow. Cut to Lois's friend Tess in Florida. She's heard all the rumors. She's what they call a snowbird, which is people who summer in the warm Florida sun. Not to be confused with a thorn bird, <laughs> which is very different than a snowbird. Not to be confused with a free bird, which you cannot change. <laughs> so Tess is still keeping contact with all her Minnesota friends while she's in Florida. So she's heard all the rumors guess what? Lois, we think she's on the run and killed Dave. Like, the phone tree is going mad. I'm sorry. This is huge gossip, though. I get it. Yeah. Oh, I would have been all over it. So she's wondering what happened with Lois. So then she finds out that, or we don't, she never found out. We find out that a woman had called Tess's family car dealership in Minnesota asking where Tess's vacation home in Florida was. The name on the phone call, the caller ID, said Stormy Daniels. I'm sorry. No. Stormy Stormy Kardashian. Sorry. Stormy Liberty. Stormy McLiberty. Tess's daughter, who answered the phone, thought this Stormy Liberty person sounded nice, so she gave her the address of the home in Florida. Don't do that. Stormy Liberty? You think this Stormy Liberty sounds nice? You think that's a real name? Don't give this person your mom's address. Just don't give anyone the address. If you don't know who the person is, you don't give the address. If you haven't met them, they're not getting the address. Yeah, that's very strange. So one day, Tess is at her vacation home in Florida, sees a woman drive in front who seems to be checking the addresses out of the houses. Mm-hmm. Tess says, can I help you? And the woman quickly freaks out and says, oh, um, wrong house, wrong, wrong house, sorry, and drives away. But Tess knew that was her friend Lois. And Dennis says to Tess, Gosh, that's weird. did she know that you had made her? I love pop top. Mm-hmm. Tess called 911. She calls 911 on her friend and is like, I just found my friend Lois pretending that I didn't see her, like, even though we had a conversation. And she's wanted for murder and she's here. She's on the run. You need to, you know, come here. And the 911 people say, you need to call Minnesota. So they literally give her the runaround. So the Minnesota people, she finally finds the right people in Minnesota and they say, you need to call Florida. So nobody wants this. Nobody wants this. They're over it. So it's half an hour before the police get there and they look up Lois on their computer and in their computer, it says she's only wanted for forgery. So they don't care. Because she's saying she's wanted for murder. Yes. And embezzlement. Uh Uh-huh. Here's what I don't understand. Okay, I get that the police like, don't want this. But she says after a half an hour, they show up. It sounded like she had been on the phone for four hours. I know. She was- so when she says half an hour, I was like. Tess is used to making things happen. Tess is used to, she makes one call, it happens. 
But you see what I'm saying, right? You're not like, you didn't lose a limb. It's like, not like they're not there in seconds. But I think she just wanted them there so fast because she felt it was very urgent because this woman is wanted. And then they take their sweet time, you know? But you, she also has to see why they took their sweet time. Yes. I think she does. I hope she does. I don't know. Undecided. I mean, tell. they technically did something wrong because she turns out to have been calling the right place at the very beginning. So the first person did make a mistake. So, you know. Absolutely. But I think it's also really difficult because that dispatcher has to figure out somebody's talking about murder and embezzlement, but it's in Minnesota. Right. Like, I, I probably would sounded be, crazy. a lot. Yeah. She's at the end of her shift. Yeah. It's like, She's come so on. so tired. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do this. I can't do this right now. No. So Dennis says if they had looked for her, they would have found her only a few blocks away. She didn't go far. She's cocky. Where, he says, thankfully, she made a new friend. Oh, no. Thankfully? Mm. Dennis, that that friend is Pam, and that friend died. I don't think you meant to say thankfully. Yeah, I don't think so either. Do we think that Tess was in danger there, or do we think she just was not expecting Tess to be at the house, and so she just freaked out? I think that she wasn't expecting Tess to be at the house because I was confused why she went there. She didn't know they were there yet. Right. I think she just wanted to camp out in the house. Correct. So, yeah, I think she was not expecting them to be there or was shocked and like, oh, crap. What do I do? Lois meets Pam and they become fast friends. They go and have lunch at Smokin' Oyster Brewery, which is called SOBs for short. There we go. That's clever. Is it? Yeah. And they become, so they're best friends. They go right away. They become like super good friends. Right away, Pam invites her back to the timeshare. And Pam is never seen again. She was shot in the heart like Dave and covered up afterwards like Dave. So Lois has an MO. Lois is seen the next morning coming and going, wearing Pam's hat. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, she's wearing a hat. So she ditches the car a mile away, which I was very surprised that this is the car that they initially linked. They found this abandoned car. They ran the plates and it looked like the woman on the tape. But this car is a mile away. So it's interesting that police would have looked for this car. How fast did they figure out that it was abandoned and it was a mile away and they still thought that could be the woman? I feel kind like kind of impressive. I feel like we're getting the timeline a little messed up in the episode. I think what happened is they had the video surveillance, they had the surveillance from the condo, and then they saw the license of this abandoned car that got run, and they were like, "Hey, that looks like the woman in the video a little bit," and so that's how they started to run that together. Because police were already looking for that woman. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. So she loads up Pam's Acura and she calls downstairs and pretends to be Pam staying for the weekend so that she'd get a couple days head start like she got with Dave. The monkey's on the bed. Police think they're Lois's, that she left them there as some sort of calling card, like the wet bandits, but with kissing stuffed monkey dolls. She leaves town with Pam's money. She withdraws $5,000 from Pam's account using her ID. How is this possible 
She didn't need a pin? That's a really good question. Sorry. I, that's a very good question because when you go to the bank, you insert your card. Right. And even if you go and say, can you help me? I forgot my pin. I guess you'd need ID to show, but I feel like you'd need more than your ID to just reset your pin. When I you- don't think you'd say you reset your pin. I think what you'd probably do is say, my card isn't working. It's not, it's like my pin isn't working on my card. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think you'd probably try to change your pin, right? Yeah, but I feel like you need more than your ID to, but I guess not. I mean, I've re- reset my pin before because I for- would forget it. So I'm trying to think if I had to show them more than my ID. I guess not. We're thinking about this too hard. I'm pretty sure that what she probably did was watch her use the card at some point. That's totally possible too. We're thinking too hard. Yeah. Yeah. So she checks into a Hilton as Pam. And she's seen on camera joking around using Pam's ID. She's easy breezy cover girl. She's not sweating it at all. She ordered a movie and room service. I was dying to know what movie, but it didn't say on the receipt. It's a little bummed. Mermaids. (laughs) I love that movie, though. Mm-hmm. So then, so does she. So does she. Then we see her go through a drive-through ATM for five hundred dollars more. So she must have had the pin by this point. Yes, she had. Yeah, she had the pin, or she reset it at the bank. Exactly. Yeah. Meanwhile, the police announce nationwide that she's wanted for murder. She's tagged the Grandma Killer because every killer needs a moniker. I feel like that one's a little shady. But it's fine. It sounds like you're killing grandmothers. That's all I'm going to say. It just, it really sounds like it's like a Richard Ramirez type that's killing grandmas. Killing grandmas. Yeah. Her picture is on billboards everywhere. Lois's friends are shocked that this is the Lois that they knew. Police lose track of Lois, but she went to Louisiana to a casino. They do know that. Some people online were thinking, why don't they just set up a sting at the next casino along the route because, and that's not a bad idea actually, but there's probably lots of casinos. Yeah, So she won. they could put out an alert at the casinos like, hey, we're looking for this woman. That's a great idea. She won $1,500. So apparently she is now lucky Lois instead of losing Lois. And she collected the money at this casino using her own ID which is either really smart because they know people are looking for her as Pam now or really stupid or really just arrogant. I think she just sort of doesn't know. She's not like a criminal and she thinks she's far away enough that like she'll be fine. She's in a different state. You think so? They're probably not looking for her there yet. Yeah, I do. I think she's a little more clever than that. Oh, okay. And I think she might just be arrogant at this point. Maybe. She stopped at a gas station and tries to use Pam's card at an ATM, but it's denied. Police are trying to track her using license plate readers. What would you do at that point? At that point, I would head straight to Mexico. The minute the card was declined, I would leave. But I feel like that's where she was going anyways. She was just trying to hit up as many casinos as possible, though she only went to a few. I think she was trying to go to Mexico anyways. You do? Okay. Yes. But she definitely is taking her sweet time. But she's not as scared as I would be at this point. But I also wouldn't kill someone, so. She's f- so chill. She's, like, enjoying this road trip. I would have been, yeah, I would have stopped, been driving all night to Mexico, not stopping. Yeah. Total panic. Police are trying to track her using license plate readers, and one of them catches her by Corpus Christi, Texas. 
So police think she picked someone that looked like her to steal their her identity. Yes, obviously. Now, Dennis says, I don't see it. Do you? And was that, that shade shade. And then the yes. reporter Beavis says she's giving herself a lot of credit if she thought she looks like Pam. Oh, burn Beavis burn. What <laughs> burn unit? That was Pam. That was shade for sure. 100%. But it's also true. I thought that was good to say. It's totally true. As But as many people pointed out on Twitter, people don't check IDs that closely, especially if you look like an unassuming woman, a white woman. Oh, they're not going to check a grandma. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. Someone was like, the misogyny of the United States is that older, middle-aged women are inter- are basically treated as invisible. And no one would have looked twice. And they're not wrong. Well, that's depressing. It's very sad. It's not right. But it helped out Lois a lot. So I think she just needed someone, the vague coloring and the vague, like, just the vague, just vagueness that kind of vaguely looked like the same. Just Same height. Yeah. No one was looking closely at features or anything. No one was looking. No. I would be surprised if they even looked at the height. Oh, it says here you're 5'5", five, five, but you look like you're five. I don't even think they look that closely. They never, they don't look that closely at me. No, not at all. So uh, I did think it was interesting that she keeps the hair as white, white as she does because it's so striking and it's the same as is in all of the billboard photos of her. I would have put some fancy full in there. Do you know what fancy full is? No, but I, I'm guessing it's, it's not cat food, but it is something that you'd get at like a drugstore for to dye your hair yeah it's in a gray bottle and it's tints it it's a wash-in so you put it on your head and then you wash it out next shampoo but it's like normal colors so it's like if you want to darken your hair you put that in i mean how many tv shows have we seen where someone's running from the law and they in a gas station bathroom dye their hair which is really unfeasible because the box hair dye smells <laughs> that you'd need to crack all the windows or you'd pass out. Yeah, someone would come in and stop you. <laughs> It'd be like, stop that right now. Are you building a bomb in here? What's this the is, smell? This is too much. Yeah. So Lois arrives in South Texas, checks into Motel 6, into room 227, which delighted only me and no, it delighted no me one too. else on Twitter. Thank God for you. That's why we're friends. Because I looked on Twitter, no one said a thing. About Jack A? No one said anything about Jack A. Or Mary, no one said anything. I was very upset. You guys all need to live it up. You need to learn about classic television, people. You need to learn about 227. Yeah. So it's a little small town called South Padre, and they keep cutting to commercials for the town, but in very strange way, they do one quick shot about how you like so beach, so relaxed, South Padre. I don't know. And then it goes back to Dennis and talking and then it, yeah. And then it comes back and it's like, you so need to get away to South Padre And that, but it keeps going back and forth between the Dateline episode and the commercial. Kind of very strange. I don't know what's happening here. I thought this was a commercial. I thought we had gone to commercial. <laughs> exactly. It was very strange. They do it too much. I'm like, are you time filling? What is happening here? That Why do we have to know so much about this town? It was a strange editing choice to not just cut to the commercial once 
and then go back to the dateline. But they cut to it two or three times, which felt very strange because it almost felt like they were cutting off Dennis. Why do we need to know about this? I don't know. But then Dennis calls it a so-called island getaway, which I felt like that was shade. (laughs) So was he playing? I think he's playing on the so this, so this. And he goes, it's a so-called getaway. But I'm like, Dennis. Dennis. So I was like, mark off host shades your town on your bingo cards, because that's what that was. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to call that. Yep. The police chief says they have people that come there from all over the country. And I almost felt like Dateline put that soundbite in right after Dennis shaded the town. Because Dennis is like, it's a so-called island getaway. And then you have the police chief going, people come here from all over the country to visit. Sure. Okay. Do they? I don't know. There is a world-famous Padre Rita Grill. And they have award-winning shrimp tacos. Okay, let's hold on. Stop for a second really quickly. They won because our shrimp tacos won at the shrimp cook-off. What shrimp cook-off? Is it world famous? Is it on the Food Network? Was Bobby Flay there? Because she's making it seem like they were televised. And I want to say, are you not allowed to say the name of the show because of copyright? No, I feel like it was on a local channel that was not the Food Network. And that's not shade for me. I find these small town restaurants very charming. But it's a weird thing to say because it makes it seem much bigger than it is and leads to confusion. If it was on Food Network, the sign would have said Food Network's famous shrimp tacos. I was confused. Yeah. So then we meet Kathy, the manager. One day, a woman comes into the bar delights Kathy. She's Kathy loves this woman. This woman orders a margarita. Kathy says, what's your name? The woman says, La Donna. And Kathy says, La Donna? That's a beautiful name. And La Donna. Like Madonna. And La Donna says, oh yeah, but I just go by Donna. So La Donna says that she is recently widowed and looking to buy a condo to retire in. She says, I'm staying at the Motel 6. Every morning she gets coffee and she walks down by the beach and then she hangs out by the pool during the day. And then at night she starts coming to Padre Rita and she chats with Kathy, the manager, and listens to Kathy's husband who plays in a band there. Kathy, you in danger, girl. Watch your back. Kathy is our first interview of about six waitstaff or six (laughs) service, food service people that we are about to meet. It's hard to keep them straight. Yeah. It is the most information we've ever gotten in a dateline about specific movements of people. Yeah. Like ordering a margarita. Mm-hmm. We never hear stuff like that. No, but we get just full on orders. I'm shocked we didn't get a shot of the menu. Right. We get all of it. And we got even more on Twitter. Dateline producer tells us what Lois has been ordering this whole time at every place. Did you know she had clam chowder when her and Pam were at that restaurant together? Because I do. Because Dateline producer told us on Twitter. What's going on? I don't know. Okay. All right. So they become fast friends. In fact, the whole staff was charmed. Even one of the guys there is flirting with her a lot. Everyone loves LaDonna. She's a quick regular. She becomes a regular. No one there has apparently been watching the news and recognizes her. She 
hides her car behind the Motel 6 and tells the motel that she's hiding out from a dangerous ex-husband. Very smart, actually. Police figure out she's heading to Mexico. She's running out of time. She's only a few miles away from the border. But she is living life and loving hanging out, drinking margs and famous shrimp tacos at restaurants all over town. She's having the best time. She's living her best life. She's in no hurry to get to Mexico. I'm going to propose a common situation to you, Katie. You're on a road trip fleeing from the police and stealing identities along the way. You're trying to get to Mexico. But every time you're putting in some good driving miles, you see a sign for world-famous, award-winning, non-Food Network-branded shrimp tacos, and the hunger demon takes over your car and exits the freeway. Now, instead of being safe in Mexico, you're still in a Texas border town eating your weight in seafood and margaritas. If only you had a Monk Pack keto granola bar in your car. Oh, if only. They're amazing. Game changer. They're keto granola bars contain just one gram of sugar, two net carbs, and they're only 140 calories. They're great for people eating keto or eating just kind of watching your carbs like I do. And just for people who want to eat better while still having delicious snacks. Do you have a favorite flavor of the granola ones? I love the coconutty one. Coconut cocoa chip, it's called. I like that one too. But I like that there's an almond. Mm. It's like an almond butter chocolate chip. And I don't tend to like chocolate chips at all. I really like this. I think it might be the first chocolate chip granola bar I've ever liked. So Way to go, Monk Pack. I know. She's very picky. Yeah. It's soft and chewy. They're so good. They have flavors like honey nut and blueberry almond vanilla. Actually, that one sounds really good too. Absolutely. Blueberry almond vanilla. I didn't have time to eat dinner before we recorded, so I ate one really fast, and now I'm good to go. I'm flying high. They really fill you up. Yeah, they and they're literally powering this podcast, basically. Uh-huh. And they probably power you when you're editing, too. So. Oh, yes, absolutely. They're amazing. They're keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, plant-based, and non-GMO with no soy, trans fat, sugar, alcohols, or artificial colors. And they're delivered straight to your door. Try it for yourself and you'll see we have a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering our code date dateline at checkout. And Monk Pack is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. To get started, just go to monkpack.com. That's M U N K. P-A-C-K dot com and select any product, then enter the code date dateline at checkout and save 20% off your purchase. Monk Pack, delicious, nutritious food you can count on. Thank you, Monk Pack. Thank you, Monk Pack. Are you feeling lucky, Monk? Lucky Monk? Are you, feel, are you feeling lucky, Monk? <laughs> so- well, are you? <laughs> That's bad. I'm starting to sound like a gremlin. Okay, it's fine. You're trying so hard, though. I really... I'm trying real hard. It's terrible. <laughs> I just sound like a grandpa. Move on. And she loves Monk Pack so much. It's killing her. It's killing her. She can't do it justice. I really do. I want to do it. I want to do it justice. And I can't get off it. So I will. Lois sits next to another woman in a different restaurant. Because like I said, she is not eating Monk Pack. She is enjoying all the local cuisines and stalling time 
She's like surf and turf every night. Siri, every single night with Marks. And she is not, she's stalling to go to cross the border. So she's at another restaurant and she tells the woman there that's next to her at the bar that she's from Minnesota. Her name is LaDonna. She's coming looking for property. She's consistent. She's a widow. And this woman's name is Bernie. Bernie and LaDonna become BFFs that night. Sound familiar? Mm -hmm. Bernie offers to take LaDonna back to her hotel. How is Bernie still alive? I was shocked that we are seeing Bernie. I was like, is this Bernie's ghost? How is Bernie still alive after she took her back to her hotel the first night? Oh, good point. Yeah. They exchange numbers and they have dinner the next night. Bernie offers to show LaDonna around her neighborhood since she was looking for property. LaDonna goes home with Bernie. They hang I'm sorry, out. And also Bernie lives in a mansion. A very nice house. Bernie is basically about to be saved because of the amount of money she has. I'm not kidding. Yeah, that's a good point. So they hang out that night. They hang out in the hot tub. Don't get your, don't, don't get it twisted. Just as friends, ladies and gentlemen. They, I didn't say anything. Some people were thinking things. Online? I think they were just hanging out in the hot tub in a non-sexual yeah. way. So, and, and now everyone's confused because of 90 Day. They're like, oh, well, they had to be naked. No, because no one else does that except for stupid Brandon's mom. Brandon's parents ruined it for everybody. Yeah, they did. So she spends the night at the house and Bernie is telling her how safe her neighborhood is. She's pitching it. She's saying, well, the neighborhood's great, but I had, did have some break-ins. That's why I have these security cameras everywhere. And she shows her all the security cameras. That's why Bernie is still alive that night. Because she's, yeah. Yeah, but she didn't know. She was literally just trying to pitch the neighborhood to LaDonna. So they have breakfast the next morning. Bernie drives LaDonna back to the motel. The next day, LaDonna slash Lois texts Bernie from the restaurant where they met, which is called Liam's. And apparently there's a hot guy there that Lois is super into because she's wants to hook up maybe before she goes to Mexico. She invites her for dessert, kind of, but it was, I thought it was sort of a play on that the guy was going to be dessert because she was like, dessert, wink, wink. I think it was. Okay. But Bernie, regardless, was felt like she was kind of invited, but she doesn't go. She makes plans to get together with Lois LaDonna another time. So when she calls to make this plans, Bernie calls the phone number that she was given for LaDonna. And the machine says, Stormy Liberty. And at this point, Dennis goes, Stormy Liberty. He's so shocked. Like it's the first time we've heard the name this episode. He's so loud. It made me laugh so hard. And poor Bernie is so confused. And then Dennis says, how totally weird. Love when Dennis uses teenager speak. It's very cute. It's so adorable. That's probably what you really young people think about when we use teenager speak. Yeah. Oh, those old ladies. That's so cute. So Lois. I'm really shipping them. Totes. <laughs> okay. So when I use teenager speak. Cringe. You do. No, I use dated teenager speak. So it's even worse. Yeah, you didn't know what shipping meant. I had to teach you. I still uh, think that some people don't know what shipping is, but all of those people are over 35. 
So, all right, press on. <laughs> Lois seems to think she can just like stay in this town. Maybe yeah. I don't have to go to Mexico. The food is great here. I guarantee you the food's going to be just as good in Mexico, if not better. And she's close. She can just hop over. She just hop over. So she's just chilling, though, in this town. She hasn't met George Higginbottom, though. Oh, boy. Here we go. Let's go. George Higginbottom has another thing to say about it. He works at a restaurant called Dirty Al's, which is exactly the name for a restaurant. Yeah. Dirty anything. Is it a restaurant or is it like a bar? No, he's standing in front of a mass seafood buffet. Oh, that's right. Where it's like piles of oysters, but it looked very dirty. Let's not, it doesn't, I saw where he was, it didn't look dirty, did it? It didn't look nice. Any seafood buffet is nice. Let's get that straight right now. Seafood buffet is amazing. This one looked like it might give you food poisoning. Worth it. Well, she says, I want to sit at the bar. And he says they don't have a bar anymore. But I think he meant, I think she just likes to, they still serve alcohol. I think she just likes to sit at the bar because that's where she can chat up strangers, right? Mm-hmm. So she- but this is weird. It's weird to actually want to go to another restaurant if the place you are at currently does not have a bar that you can sit at. Like you are that adverse to sitting at a table or a booth that you will switch restaurants. Like that's not suspicious. And they helped her find another restaurant. Yeah, so they say there's a place next door. The reason I think Dirty Alice is kind of sketch is because Dateline says that the place next door was really upscale. So that made me think that Dirty Alice in comparison was not as upscale, shall we say. Okay. But again, yeah. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. We, I think we were wrong about the captain's club. So I'm totally willing to admit I might be wrong about Dirty Owls. I'm sure okay. it's very clean. So It looked fine to me. George had seen the news. He recognizes her right away. George is pretty great. George is the MVP. Let's put that out there right now. Because he sort of gets the ball rolling. 100%. He tells his coworkers and they're like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Because he's seen her on the news. Listen to George, everybody. If you know a George Higginbottom, he knows. So he calls the police. And he calls the marshal. Yeah. He's so good. He's on top of it. He says, I never forget a face. He's like, yeah, I got any names. I may not know your name, but I never forget a face. Yeah. <laughs> That's great, George. So she is, meanwhile, next door at the place they've recommended, the upscale seafood place, because it's all seafood there. It's an upscale sea ranch restaurant. She orders a yellowtail Riesling, Caesar salad, and seafood enchiladas. This is important to know. This is, again, another <laughs> server that we meet right now. But she's also a hero. Who gives us the blow by blow. Why is she, what? Her, she just has kind of a story, but it's not. Do you see what I'm saying? By this point, I'm like, oh my gosh, get to it. And we just keep meeting all of these people that had one interaction with her. And I'm like, she's not a celebrity. What's happening here? She was on run from the FBI or the marshals, whoever. She was big time. She's a celebrity in the crime world. Is she? She's not the Unabomber. I don't know. You see what I'm saying? There was some confusion here on why. I like hearing from all these people how she was charming everyone and making herself at home at all these restaurants. I enjoyed it. Okay, good. Living right. it up while the police are not catching her. 
So then we meet Lori, the bartender. Lori is the only person in America who is not a fan of Lois instantaneously. Slash mm-hmm. LaDonna. She's unimpressed mm-hmm. because Lois slash LaDonna points to two people at the door and says, those people just came in. Don't you think they need service? Oh, no. What a bee. Have a seat, LaDonna. Mm-mm. Take several seats. Lori said she is just something's off about her. She's very flat and grayish. No small talk, no charm, which everyone else said she was charm exemplified. So officers come into the restaurant and they spy Lois, but they have time because Lois has told Lori, tell the kitchen to wait on my seafood enchiladas. I'm not ready for them yet. Okay. Again. Lori says, yes, ma'am, because she's a yes, ma'am type of customer. God bless our waitstaff. Be nice to them. Yeah, please be nice to waitstaff. Also, yes, ma'am is a way nicer thing than what I would want to say. Police spy Pam's car in the parking lot. So they're sure that this is her. Because she's driving the Acura just around blatantly. Yeah, she was hiding it at the beginning, but now she's cocky. She's driving it. Lois pays with a $100 bill. But she, of course, wants change. She's not going to leave a big tip to Lori. We, you just know it. No. So police are worried that Lois might be armed and will make a back-to-the-wall move. Dennis, I don't know what that is. I know what that is, but that's a very funny term for it. It's like where she backs up against a wall with the gun. Oh, okay. Like this, so she has all the control. Okay, I gotcha. Lois is still at the bar talking to a man next to her. The plain-clothed U.S. Marshals team walks by her, and we're seeing this all go down on camera, and they swarm. They come in from all sides, and they grab her arms, and they take her out. And I love it. Lori, the bartender, is shaking a cocktail in the other direction, and she misses most of it. She turns around and just sees her being hauled off by the police. Like, that what stinks. happened? She missed the most exciting moment of her, probably her entire life. To see this. I'm so sorry. I know. That's a bummer. What a bummer. The $100 bill is still on the bar, though. So now she's getting a big tip. She gets to keep the rest of that. I loved that. that she was should great. split it with George Higginbottom from next door. Come on. I mean, it's not that big of a tip, but $30. No, her bill was $36. So she got a 60 something dollar tip. Yeah, split it. It's 30 something with George. That's the least he deserves. He deserves way more for bringing in this fugitive. Did he get a bounty? I don't think there was a bounty or reward or anything. That stinks. Poor George. Just the appreciation of of your country. Yeah. Bernie goes to the restaurant where they were supposed to meet, and they tell her, you haven't seen the news, have you? Wow. So Bernie realizes at this moment how close she was to being killed. Yeah. And Dennis says, there but for fortune. And... (laughs) And then Bernie says, I feel like I dodged a bullet. Literally, that happened. Did she say that on purpose, you think? I don't think she did. But it was still real good. It was still really good. Police find two guns in Lori's motel room and Pam's credit card, her checkbook, and her hat. She just wasn't throwing anything away. And a brochure from one of the casinos. Like, she's just mapping out her trail where she was. Also, books on mental illness. Friends had noticed... That she had had gone through mood swings over the past few years. In 2016, she was forced by a judge to repay more than $100,000 
that she had stolen from her sister who has disabilities. How does her sister have that much money? When she was caught and forced to pay it back, she tried to commit suicide at that time. So people are wondering, has she some sort of mental illness? Was she just greedy and a gambler and wanted to get out of her debts? Well, now this is when it started to kind of make sense to me. When they started to talk about this, I was like, okay, so is there something here in the mental illness area? Because then they say, somebody says, I think it's that friend from Minnesota that says, she said that there was a history of mental illness in her family. And I was like, okay, is there like a schizophrenia in her family? Is there something that has proven to be partially genetic? Right. You know what I'm saying? It seems like a violent personality shift right? From somebody who's very, very sweet, a grandmother to all of a sudden snap and kill not one, but two people in the space of a month. Yeah, but mentally ill people aren't normally violent. That's really rare unless there's... No, but in certain... Yeah, certain situations. No, absolutely there are. It also seems like it could be a brain tumor situation where it's something that is a full personality shift. Does that make sense? That happens. I thought she sounded more bipolar where she's really on and charming and then has these really deep downswings. And here she's on a hot manic You think she's been manic for a month? Well, we don't know if she, I mean, she could have been hiding in the hotel for a few days at a time, you know, I don't know. But that doesn't, won't cause you to kill someone. Not at all. No, no, no. I'm sure she found out some stuff later, but- It's a very bizarre story. And the friend from Minnesota seems genuinely like, what? I suppose it is strange for someone to start killing that late in life in your 60s. And it's not just that she shot her husband. It's that then she took it far enough to go and kill, number one, another woman. Yeah. Which surprised me. Mm -hmm. And then number two, a a stranger. stranger. And was going to do it again was probably going to try to do it to Bernie. Right. This seems off in a not normal way. I wonder if there are any warning signs besides the gambling addiction. That just seems like she has an addiction to gambling, which is something else that maybe she's had for a long time. Were there any warning signs or weird things that had been happening like earlier in her life? No one shared anything. Everyone seems surprised. I would like to know that too. Okay, anyways, sorry. That's just all I wanted to say. It seemed like, okay, I bought it for a set. I was like, kind of. But it's strange also that she's reading books on like how to cope with it. Like she's trying to get better, self-diagnose and try to help herself after she's already killed two people or maybe to stop her from killing more people. She's trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, maybe. I'm not trying to diagnose anything. I'm just saying I don't feel like... No, we are not professionals, but it did. It was very curious and gave you pause, kind of. But then it kind of goes to that question I think we talked about in that charity stream is like, is anyone who kills someone, is there something inherently like that's mentally different about them? Or is it like anyone could kill someone given the right circumstances? I would say that if, again, we were just dealing with the husband, but now we're dealing with the stranger, which is a level of like... Premeditation. Psychopathy almost. Right. And like, you just can't, you can't have this much empathy. That's true. Yeah. Maybe she was having some sort of psychotic break. 
Yes, that's what it seems like, a psychotic break. That happened to be violent. Yes. It's just so cold because the way she had to be so charming. I do know that happens, the violent thing. Yeah, to have to control it well enough to be super charming for several days with someone so that you win them over is so cold. Yeah, it is. That's almost like you're watching yourself do it. So she's transported back to Florida. We see her being walked in and out of prison with things over her head. Like now she's embarrassed, even though we've seen her on every security camera in America. She doesn't know that. (laughs) She calls one of her friends from jail. The the friend, the Minnesota friend. The good friend. And says she's sorry and she's crying. And the friend is very confused. She And she just says, what is going on? Why? What is going on to the friend? Mm -hmm. She pleads guilty and she's given life without parole for Pam's death. Dennis asks Pam's cousin by marriage, I keep feeling like I need to add that because Dateline did, about the monkeys. Here's your monkey moment. Pam's cousin says they were Pam's from her mom who passed away and Pam took them everywhere. And then we see a cute photo of Pam with the monkeys on her head. The cousin by marriage, this part got me, says, oh, Dennis, I didn't even know that they were there at the hotel. I didn't know that. And that was the third time she called Dennis and I was crying. Dennis is the one who tells her that they those monkeys were there and they had thought maybe they were the killers. She's like, no, those were Pam's. Brutal. That's heartbreaking. It's, yes, horrible. Pam confessed to Dave's killing after, but it, she says it was a crime of passion. She says he handed the gun to her and said, maybe you'll get it right this time because she had tried to commit suicide earlier. Her friend doesn't believe her and neither do the police. Uh She gets a second life sentence. Her friend wants to visit her. She has questions. Barry Keller from The Office. I have a lot of questions. Number one, how dare you? (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) Which was basically her question. How could you do this? Why did you do this? And Dennis says the shockwaves from this still, from what happened still ripple to this day as we see water at the beach rippling. It's very poetic and beautiful. I thought the pleading guilty was one of the things. That I was like, she understands that like. Although our other Pam, not victim Pam, Pam Hupp, just recently, like I think a few days ago, tried to get a new hearing by or new trial by saying, Katie's rolling her eyes. <laughs> She's like, not this lady again. She tried to say she was pressured into her plea deal, but they didn't hear it. It was turned out to be very confusing. Like her lawyer didn't know they were representing her or something. Something very chaos follows this woman wherever she goes. But I'm, what, I, what I'm saying is we could be getting some sort of appeal put in like she wasn't under her right faculties. She didn't quite understand the plea or the pleading guilty. You know, we could be seeing that in the future from her and then it won't be over. Because they'll just say she didn't understand or she was pressured into it. I mean, I think they do that all the time. So good luck. Yeah, we'll be following. We have a promo from a really great podcast called The Orange Tree. And I'm really excited because I just started listening to it. It's really good. It's about the story of a murder near the University of Texas at Austin. It's one of these true crime ones, but you actually know who did it. So you don't have to worry about that. And it's, it's exciting. And it's short. It's not that many episodes. So I'm really excited. Please check them out, guys. 
Hey, true crime fans. Let me tell you about another podcast you might like. The Orange Tree is a seven-part series about a 2005 murder in a student neighborhood near the University of Texas at Austin. 21-year-old Jennifer Cabe was shot and dismembered and found in a bathtub in her friend Colton Petaniak's apartment. The podcast includes court audio, interrogation audio, prison phone calls, and exclusive interviews with the perpetrators and the victim's family. You can binge all seven episodes of The Orange Tree today, wherever you get your podcasts. That sounds great. I know. I'm so, I love, I need a new one to binge. So new bingeable, The Orange Tree. Thank you. And this episode is dedicated to Casey from Kentucky and Jennifer from Tennessee, which I believe are two of the places that Lois visited. I know there was a casino in at least one of those places. I think Kentucky. Also, I'm trying to learn my states better. She went up through Kentucky to get to Texas? From Minnesota. Oh, that's right. When she came down to Florida the first time. Yeah. So basically, this episode was like a, I almost said college course, a kindergarten course for Kimberly in where the states are. And just because of Casey and Jennifer, I now know where Kentucky and Tennessee are. They're the ones that sit on top of each other long ways, right? Kind of. Yes. Am I right? That's correct. Mm-hmm. And it, Kentucky's on top. And then Tennessee. And Kentucky looks like a key. Yes. Kentucky looks like a key. And then Tennessee's like the other way. Yeah. Looks like a different kind of key. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, ladies, for your support. We really appreciate it. We could not do the show without you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Maybe you guys can visit each other since you're that close. You are the key to our hearts. And a 10, a C out of 10. Oh, How good are we at improv? There we go. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you. Did you have any good B-roll bonanza? No, I liked Bernie, Bernie Mattis's house. It was fun to see all the footage of that. I thought it was really pretty, and I liked her little dog. She had a cute little doggy. I missed the dog. No. Oh, it was cute. It was black and white. It was little. I liked him. I did see a close-up shot of a hot tub when they're talking about the hot tub, and it, something was floating in it. I was hoping it was a rubber ducky, but it was blue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something strange. It's probably the cleaner thing. Like they put those tablets in and stuff. You can put chlorine tablets in a little thing. Her home was gorgeous. It looked like it was on a golf course. Because she said that they went and ate at the club one time, which I'm assuming is like the golf club or the country club. But yeah, it was really, really pretty. I feel bad for Bernie because she said that her and Lois had bonded over both being widows. And that bummed me out. It's so sad. Because you think you found a friend that understands. She was just trying to kill you for your ID. And she had killed the husband that died. Yeah, it's it's, not great. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. And her name is not even LaDonna. It is Stormy, except it's not even Stormy. It's Lois. But is it even Lois? Never know. There was a photo of Dave with a balloon hat. And I thought that was showed just that he was a fun guy. Very cute. Dave seemed like a fun guy. Yeah. But Lois seemed like a nice lady. This is what's so weird. Yeah. It doesn't, it seems very out of character. Well, she had been years of reckless behavior because of her gambling addiction, like stealing $100,000 from her cousin or sister with disabilities. That's bad. Yeah. Something was happening there. I think she had a good public facing image. Also, where are the children? So she's gambling and teaching children in the day. What's happening? Maybe she was retired by then. Okay. Let's hope. I don't want her to. She did have grandchildren. Like they were at the grandson's basketball game the day she probably killed Dave. That's true. 
because they argued at the basketball game. God, how embarrassing is that for the grandson? Your grandparents are having a screaming match at your basketball game in a small town and everyone sees it. I'm hoping it was in a car. No, because ever, someone had seen them arguing. Oh, God. But they, that could still be in a car. Yeah, it could have been in a car. That's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yoy. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. But do you have any fashion police or brands unhappy being on Dateline besides shrimp tacos, shrimp enchiladas, Motel 6s? I really like, not Tess, sorry. What is the cousin by Blood? Her white pixie haircut. All of her B-roll was very pretty. She's in like just beautiful surroundings. She has on this kind of brightly colored red and orange scarf. Vibrant eyes, vibrant hair, vibrant background. It was like they turned up the saturation so all of her colors popped on I agree camera. completely. Yeah. She looked great. Loved her. Do you want to do titles? Yeah, I only have two. They're not that great. Mine are really bad. Okay, great. Well, then we'll both be bad. Especially because you didn't even mention the investigator, the first investigator we meet, the one who, like, was the lead on the case. His name was Four Acre, and that's in one of my titles. Oh, I'm sorry. I did Four Acre in 404 because 404 was the room number of the timeshare. I don't know if you mentioned either of those things. So that title is... I did mention room 404. Okay, that's a null and void title. And then the other one was no more monkeys kissing on the bed. Yeah. I said no more monkeys killing on the bed. There we go. Yeah. I was trying to get somewhere with road trip or gambling mm. and rambling. Okay. Margarita's murder and monkeys. There we go. And then I just wrote a different Pam because so many people online were like, it's Pam Hup. They're airing Pam Hup tonight. Because they just saw the picture and both women kind of could be Pam Hub. Just at a glance. If you're like fogging your eyes and just like look at it from a glance. Yes, it could be. That's very true. Mm -hmm. Except this Pam was good. This Pam was very good. I'm very sorry for her. This is awful. And she just thought she made a friend. That's why you're scared. Because this is like a friend scenario. It's these killers where you didn't do anything wrong. You were literally just being nice to someone. And they just all of a sudden turn on you. Like, how scary must that have been? You're having this great conversation with your new gal pal. And all of a sudden they pull out a gun. Like that moment just scares me so much. I never let people in. That's probably a good thing. I'm going to stay alive. Also, I never invite people back to my place. I mean, you could do that. But you have to trust someone sometime. No, but no, not going to happen. Okay. Not going to happen. <laughs> Better safe than sorry. Bernie and Pam were very trusting. I wonder what she told them. Like, I lost my room key. Can I stay at your place? Or I just... No, they were drinking. So she always just stayed over. Yeah. Very easy. The Pam one was scarier because she targeted Pam at the bar because she needed a place to stay that night too, right? She... But she had cash because she had taken all that cash. So I don't know why she couldn't just... I don't know. It was creepy. She could have gone to a motel, but it's like she saw Pam from across the room, said she kind of looks like me that'll work, and then went in and, like, was so charming. Ugh. And the creepiest part to me in this whole thing was they do show footage of after when they think the murder happened, Lois comes out and like, stands on the balcony of the timeshare. Not the balcony. It's, like, the, the, the railway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, in the hallway. And it's just standing there mm -hmm. and looking. And, like, like, you can hear her breathing to calm herself. Yeah, and they think that's when she had done it. What would it take to 
self-survival. She wanted to survive. She yeah. was on the run. Yeah. Oh, man, that's creepy. I don't know. Another woman? But then not why Why not continue all the way to Mexico? I guess she was still nervous about the Pam ID. Maybe she thought they had warrants for her at, like, the borders, too, that she couldn't use Pam's ID, so she needed one more victim to get across the border. Quickly. Bernie. She needed one person there, Bernie, and then to go. But then Bernie had the security cameras. Bernie dropped her off at the hotel that first night, but they were probably in the car. So she couldn't have like left the body somewhere. She probably would have wanted to steal the car too. So she would have needed somewhere to get rid of the body. So that probably wouldn't have worked. So that's why they kept making plans to see each other. And I still think that first, Kathy, the manager, she might've been in danger too. She didn't really look like them as much. But Bernie didn't really look like them either. Bernie didn't really look like them either. But she would have just dyed her hair. Yeah. Bernie just had darker hair. Yeah. But thank good Kathy's husband was around all the time. So. But you could also just say I went white. I mean, it's not. Oh, God. It's really creepy. Yeah. She's also kind of smiling in her mugshot. It's very strange. Yeah. Very, very odd case. I did not like it. Really weird. Do we have Twitter? Yeah. Okay. Anna says, if your boo doesn't text back and says it's because they were diagnosed with big thumb, small phone syndrome, they cheating. <laughs> Pam C said, the real question is, do farm worm farmers find dates on farmersonly.com or do they have their own site, wormersonly.com or mm-hmm. plentyofworms.com? <laughs> it's plenty of worms. Lindsay G says... Dateline takes us on a lot of journeys. For some reason, I really wasn't expecting a Minnesota worm farm this early in 2021. Am I naive? (laughs) Yes. You should have seen it coming. Worming into your heart. (laughs) I'm trying to think of a, okay, keep going. I'm trying to think of the worm farmer's site. Yeah, we didn't do any titles with worming. We totally didn't. There's a lot of stuff. I'm sure that. Fishing for the truth. No, we knew the truth. Yeah, we, we did know. I don't know. Natalie Bannon said, I hope you address how this man with no smile on his face whatsoever listened to our sweet, smiling Dennis tell a story about his childhood, then had the audacity to correct Dennis about earthworms versus waxworms. But back to Dennis, how precious was that story? I'm freaked out by worms, but his blue eyes were sparkling even more than they normally do. They were. He was so sweet. Yeah. Dennis... Our friend Kim from People Are Wild said, we got another Carmine. This is not a drill. And then she said, me trying to do my investigation on Sheriff Carmine's left hand to peep that ring finger. Ladies were a fan of Carmine. Does she know Carmine? No, it's just we had another Carmine recently. We did? Yeah, and another Italiano name. Very thick Italian name. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Galen said, please stop showing the monkeys. It's freaking me out. See, I wasn't the only one. It was a really creepy thing because especially when they said we thought it was their calling card. I'm like, yeah, it kind of looks like that. It's really not okay. Dateline tweeted, what do you make of the kissing monkeys? And the Matt Brock said, what? I love monkeys and Dateline. First time I've been out forever on a Friday and I miss this. You've got to be so confused if you're not watching and you see, what did you think about the kissing monkeys? What? Yeah. (laughs) Harley B said, by George, those kissing monkeys are a curious sight. See what I did there? Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. I saw what you did there. Mm-hmm. And then after Dateline wrote, what did you think about the kissing monkey? Sharky wrote, I was eight minutes late. Was there a primate sex scene? Oh, good Lord. 
<laughs> Kay said, Dennis's phrasing of dead body to spiffy little timeshare is giving me tonal whiplash. Oh, Lord. That's his signature. Yeah. Lauren Err says, Liberty is one of the names you get when it's like, your dancer name is the weather outside and the street you grew up on. Yeah, it is a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mary, this is good. Stormy Liberty really describes her new life, doesn't it? She at, She's free, but she's on the run. Stormy Liberty. Kimberly, are we ever really free? No, it's a great point. It's a great point. It's a great point. <laughs> two girls, two feet said, sure. Oh, two girls, four feet. Sorry, that would make more sense. Sure, no one could tell Lois wasn't Pam, but the second I go to use a fake ID at the bar, the SWAT team shows up. <laughs> Kim from People Are Wild said, y'all, we didn't need this mermaid backstory, but we got it complete with a picture. And I just, and then with the meme that said, I'm so used to giving and now I get to receive. <laughs> she felt truly honored and gifted. She also said, Tom is here for waxworms and waxworms only, Dennis, and will not even entertain your earthworm nonsense. It was just shocking <laughs> how cold he was to Dennis. Melissa M. said, a different Melissa from Moms and Murder. Melissa M. said, Bet LaDonna wishes she didn't slow those enchiladas. <laughs> She would be gone by then. Slow those enchiladas? She told the kitchen, you need to slow down on those enchiladas. I'm not ready for them. She could have been gone by then. Also, what's that even mean? Have you ever done that to a... Who does that to a kitchen? I would never. I eat when they tell me, when they bring the food to me. Like everybody else does. Yeah. I don't feel like I get to dictate. I don't understand why she thought she was planning on staying all night there, right? Is that what we were looking at? Okay. Yeah. And I think she filled up on the Caesar salad and. Oh, good point. I forgot. Wanted to stay as long as possible because she was trying to pick up on somebody. What did that guy next to her think? Did you see the guy sitting next to her in the video? I was like, <laughs> sorry, Charlie. They just like swarmed and attacked her. He's like, what is happening? Dana Sand said, hilarious how Lois became LaDonna by accident. I guess sitcoms are more realistic than I thought. Yeah, right. Is that not in every sitcom? George Glass. Yeah. Lois, Donna. Oh, LaDonna. Okay. Yeah. A Potato said, life hack. If you are ever unfor unfortunate enough to be interviewed on Dateline, make sure you take full advantage of the situation to advertise your shrimp tacos. Here's what's weird. Why would you keep up the lie of LaDonna? Why would you then to another person say, my name is LaDonna, but I go by Donna? Have you ever done that? I have never once said to someone, hi, I'm Catherine, but you, I go by Katie. Yeah. That would just be confusing. People would not know what to call me. I don't know. It's weird. Well, I think because they were going to so many restaurants around town, she didn't want to get caught in the lie. I see. It's weird to say that to one bartender and then to keep or to the manager and then keep sticking with it is odd. Speaking of the sticking with the changed name, we did call her Pam quite a bit in this episode. They called her Pamela. I'm hoping that that's okay. Oh, I'm sorry. She might be just a Pamela. So apologies. Apologies. On that. Apologies. Lewis said, I've had it. These two totally had more to do with this than they're letting on with the picture of the kissing monkeys. <laughs> Joy said, may I show Lori levels of restraint the next time someone tests me? 
And Sylvia NYC said, if I were Lori, I would have said, do you want your food to go, ma'am? As they were taking her away, she would have said, do you want your food to go, ma'am? Yeah. How about those enchiladas in the cop car? Does that sound good? There would have been a lot of like good lines. Oof. So I don't know. I'm trying to think of something, a good line she could have said. I'd like, do you want your food to go? I think that's great. I think think it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want us to wrap that up for you? Yeah. (laughs) It'd be real good. Mm -mm. (laughs) That would have been so good. But Lori would have told us if she had gotten that line in. You know she would have told us. I think she was bummed she missed it. I would have been upset that I I might have lied and told Dateline that I had said something that cool. And then people like us would have dissected it and said, no, she didn't. No, she didn't. See, you wouldn't because you'd know. You never have things to think of that cool at that moment. You think of them on the drive home. Unless you're Michael Scott and you get, I think you get one time. Yeah. You get one time in your life that that you get that you have no idea how high I can fly. Yeah. You get one moment like that. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if I've had mine already. No, it's the jerk store thing. And you're not a Seinfeld watcher, but. I know jerk store. You know jerk store. It's so it's an all encompassing letdown that we've all felt many times. But I'm saying that I think one time you get to get it right. I would hope it would be when someone is arresting a nationwide fugitive. Who has just been kind of jerky to you. I'm glad she didn't say hun. Do you want to start serving those people, hun? They've been waiting. No, no, That would ruin my day. I would have been like, do you want to serve them? I would also feel bad because I hadn't served them yet. But then I would also be very irritated that somebody was trying to tell me how to do my job. Like I didn't have a plan. And maybe she didn't have a plan, but that's none of Lois's business. No, I'm sure she was doing the best that she can. Who are you who just walked into that restaurant to tell her how to do her job? I'm LaDonna. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) Stupid. Anyways. I love it. Thank you guys so much. Please consider checking out our Patreon. If you join at the $5 level, 11 full-length bonus episodes that you'll get instant access to. And if you join at the $10 level, 30 episodes, full-length episodes. That's crazy. And we also do 90 Day Fiance recaps. And Katie does drag race YouTube things where she does her makeup and talks about drag race. It's really fun. It happens. Come on, check out our Patreon. And thank you so much. Follow us online, social media. Follow us on social media at Date Dateline on Twitter and on Instagram and Facebook. And then please check out the Orange Tree. It sounds great. Looks to be a very good podcast. And if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Podcasts. <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review if it's nice and five stars. But you have to, it really helps if you write something. Just leaving the stars doesn't count quite as much in their algorithm. So leave the stars and please write just a sentence. You can just write K and K. Just write, hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl, hey. That's it. High five. That's it. And then also tell a friend, if you would, this year about us, if we're your guilty pleasure, because maybe we can be their guilty pleasure too. Oh, I would love that. I love anything with guilt. Perfect. (laughs) And please check us out on Truth and Justice with Bob Ruff. We were on his latest episode and the follow-up episode that was just on is a little bit about our case too. So I also feel like we have not done enough promo for actual Bob Ruff. If you haven't listened to Truth and Justice, it's a phenomenal podcast. 
worth going back, start at the beginning. Each season is different. He covers incredible cases, very important cases, including the Sandra Milgar case that we have covered the Dateline on, that Catherine Zellner's now working on. So just check him out if you haven't, for some crazy reason, if you're not aware of him, Bob Ruff and Truth and Justice. He's like gotten people out of jail. He's impressive. Unlike us, he does good things. So He's also a good person. Yeah, so just go check him out. Yeah. yeah. But thank you guys and keep watching alone. Keep wearing a mask. Be nice to someone. Be nice to someone today. Especially if you're ordering takeout. Be nice and still tip. Great. That's such a good point. Here's a tip. Keep tipping. Great. I love that. I love that. Everybody needs help right now. So let's do it. Love it. In honor of that poor... Woman. Poor Lori. Please tip, All right. tip yeah, everyone please this week. Tip, yeah. Yeah. tip your bartenders. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. In Blooming Prairie, Minnesota, Lois played in a pool league and. Blooming Prairie. <laughs> That's what. Sorry. I feel like it was important. What, what was that? Blooming Prairie. Blooming. It's, sounds like they're from the UK. Bloomin' Prairie. Okay. Bloomin' is like a... Like a Bloomin' Onion? That's Australian. Gosh darn such and such. Sure you're not thinking of the Bloomin' Onion? such and... Have you ever seen My Fair Lady? Yeah. Move your Bloomin' arse! That's... Okay. Bloomin' is like a... Okay. Precursor. Have you never heard Bloomin' before? Yes. I've heard the word Bloomin'. Oh, I was just doing a bad impression. You sounded like the donkey from Shrek. So it was confusing to me. I just thought you were quoting something. No, absolutely not. You made me feel like I should know what you were quoting. And I didn't. Nope. I always thought you were going to do a Minnesota accent there. I think that's what I was expecting, really. Oh, sorry. Should we try? No, absolutely not. Not after Bloomin' Prairie. <laughs> We'll not be trying anymore tonight. I well, I might, but I can't promise. What's it called? Bloomin' Prairie. Bloomin' Prairie. <laughs> but why did he... Donkey. What? what? Donkey. That's Gordon <laughs> Ramsay. So why did... He... But wait a minute. It's the same. It's exactly the same as in Shrek. It is perfect. It works either way.